Welcome to Airwaves, the official podcast of the Naval Air Systems Command. I'm your host, Michael Lauren Prue, and today we're talking fitness. We all know physical exercise is key for staying fit and living a healthy lifestyle. What you may not know is mental fitness is equally important. Having a healthy mind helps us cope with stress, handle challenges, and live our best life. Here to lead us through today's mental workout is transformational life and mindset coach and host of the Onward podcast, Miss Emily Harmon. Emily, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you, Michael. I'm happy to be here. <laughs> wonderful, wonderful. So I want to start today with your background. Tell us about the transformation that took place in your life and what led you to become a mindset coach. Okay, awesome. Yeah, so some of your listeners may remember me. I used to work at the Naval Air Systems Command from about 1997 until 2015. So just a little bit about my background. I ended up going to the Naval Academy at age 17. I made that decision that I was going to go to the Naval Academy. And that decision ended up kind of setting the foundation for the rest of my uh, adult life, it seems like, or a long part of it. I went to the Naval Academy and then I became a supply corps officer where I was stationed on a ship. And then, you know, eventually I got into government contracting through being a supply corps officer. I was a contracting intern at the Naval Supply Systems Command. Then I worked in contracting at NAVAIR. And then I ended up in the small business office at the Naval Air Systems Command. And I was in that job for almost 10 years. And that's when I got the position at the uh, Department of Navy Office of Small Business Programs as the Director of Small Business for the Navy and the Marine Corps. And that was an awesome job. However, I got kind of burnt out from that job. And the way I became a coach is it kind of started in 2014 when I was still at the Naval Air Systems Command. A friend of mine invited me to attend this event called the World Domination Summit. And I'm like, well, what? I didn't know what it was, but it was in Portland, Oregon. I'd never been to Portland and I wanted to go. So I went and it's all about living a kind of a non-traditional life in a, in a traditional world, like not being a conformist, which was it's completely different, right? Than being working for the military your whole life. You're kind of, you know, the people that join the military and the people that, you know, work in that environment are kind of, for the most part, conformists and we follow instructions, we follow orders well, stuff like that. I was exposed to a whole different kind of um, lifestyle, but I still went and got that promotion at the, uh, you know, with for two senior executive with the uh, Department of Navy's Office of Small Business Programs. And in that job, I traveled a ton and I'm pretty big on physical fitness, but that traveling kind of wore me out. And um, I ended up deciding that I wanted to retire when I turned 56, which was my minimum retirement age. And I wanted to you know, create a different kind of lifestyle for myself. I was motivated a lot by some saboteurs that I have, which are, can be strengths, but they end up also sabotaging you. So my top saboteurs are hyperachiever. So I was pushed to achieve, achieve, achieve. And, and I noticed now that in the military, you're kind of you push through challenges. You know, I was taught to push through challenges when I was at the Naval Academy. Just keep pushing through, keep pushing through. And I ended up putting, pushed through a lot of challenges and raising my kids, being a single parent. I didn't feel, I knew that I didn't know how to feel. I knew that I didn't know how to name my feelings. And I wanted to make some changes in my life. And I knew that I had been putting everybody and everything in my job and 
my kids, everything first. And I wanted to finally put myself first. So in May of 2019, I retired. And I was really looking forward to creating a life that I really loved at that time. But right after I retired, and some of your listeners may, may know him, my children's father, three, within three weeks, was diagnosed with um, cancer. His name is Bruce Wilhelm. And within two weeks after that, after his diagnosis, he was paralyzed in both arms because he had a tumor in his neck. So I ended up, you know, I didn't put myself first. I put my kids first. I put him first. I helped take care of him. And he passed away, got sick at the end of June and passed away in December of 2019. And that was really tough. And so my whole first year was dealing with that, being the executive of the estate. And then that caused a lot of feelings to come out, feelings that my saboteur hyperachiever had kept me too busy to notice and to feel, and I just had kept pushing through. And so that's when I started to kind of be more self-aware of how I was living my life even more so. And I ended up working with coaches and um, a counselor, and I started to learn to feel my feelings again. And then I learned more about mental fitness, which is something I didn't know. And I entered that mental fitness coaching program and it transformed my life so much. I decided this is what I'm going to, what I'm going to coach on because we're, we're taught, we're taught all the time about physical fitness. You know, you know, if you're physically fit or not, you know, you climb a, up the stairs as your heart beating out of control. You can tell if you're physically fit, but I don't think we're as self-aware as a whole on how mentally fit we are. And as you said, you recognized that you weren't mentally fit um, yeah. and kept pushing and pushing and pushing. So at what point or, or how did you learn what mental fitness really is? I basically decided I do not want to live my life this way. I do not want to be stressed. I do. You know, I think what happened too is when I were, so as a hyperachiever, I figured that when I retired, my life was going to completely change because I wasn't going to have a boss. Now I knew I wanted to start a podcast. I knew I wanted to be a coach. I didn't know, you know, what kind of coach, but I thought that once I retired and had all this time on my hands that I was going to get in the best physical shape, that I was going to have time to pursue all of my passions. And I was actually busier than ever. <laughs> and that's because I have a really tough I thought at the time boss, which was me, but really I learned when I took this coaching program that it's my, it's my hyperachiever saboteur. And then I also have a restless saboteur and then I'm also a people pleaser. So all those things were not, all those saboteurs were hijacking my brain and not allowing me to relax and not allowing me to create that life I love. They were motivating me. Yes. Somebody might say, well, Emily, you know, if you weren't a hyperachiever, maybe you wouldn't have made SES, you know, isn't it good? You can motivate yourself through the sage side of your brain, which is more based on empathy and gratitude. So, you know, the, your saboteurs cause all the negative emotions, all the stress, all the self-doubt, all the worry, all the anger. And I know now looking back after taking that coaching program this past spring of uh, spring of 2021 that i was pushed and motivated by those saboteurs so i reached senior executive i did a good job for the most part but it was all based on that push energy and that stress caused by 
my saboteurs, pushing me to just push through challenges. And I could have done it in more ease and flow, but I didn't know how. And um, I know that I, when I retired, I knew I wanted to be different. I admired people who were able to appear calm, relaxed. They seemed to not let things get to them. They were more control of their, their lives. But I thought, you know, there's no way I can meditate. I, I'm too busy. I don't know how to meditate. My mind just won't let me meditate. I did not ever think I could. I got a coach, but even before I started the mental fitness coaching program, I had another coach who challenged me to meditate for 40 days straight. And once I did, it changed my life because now I can't imagine not starting my day that way. I didn't know about calling it mental fitness until I ran into this coaching program by Shazad Shamin, who wrote the New York Times bestselling book, Positive Intelligence. He teaches us what he calls PQ reps or, you know, mental, these mental fitness exercises that can be 10 seconds. You can incorporate them in your day. So even if you're quote unquote busy, like me, there's really no excuse. You can make the time to do it. And they train your mind to be less hijacked by your saboteurs and more in the sage side of your brain, the right side of your brain. So I want to talk about um, exactly what is mental fitness. Give me that definition. So mental fitness is your ability to respond to life's challenges with a positive rather than a negative mindset and actually living it out that way, not just saying positive things, but not feeling it. You know, you feel positive, you feel more compassionate, you feel more empathy, you feel more curiosity, and you don't look at life's challenges as either good or bad. You can find a gift or an opportunity in everything that happens. So it's in a, it's a way to not let life's challenges really get to you, not let them ruin your day. You know, if you're waking up in the middle of the night stressed because you messed up your business clearance or because you didn't say something right to your IPT leader or because your boss did something, those are your saboteurs waking you up. We don't need to be that stressed, but I was stressed when I was at NavAir, when I was a contracting officer, when I was at the Department of Navy Office of Small Business Programs. And if I could go back and do it all again, I would be a completely different leader. I guarantee you, this has changed my life for forever for good. And it's not that I'm there and I'm perfect, but I'm still working on it. It's still work in process, but... I'm so much more self-aware. I can notice things without judging. And where if I start to judge a situation as bad or good, I'm able to command my brain. There's three core muscles of, of mental fitness. One is your saboteur interceptor muscle. How readily and easily can you catch your saboteur hijacking your brain? It's like noticing that your hand is on a hot stove. And it's good to notice something like that because it's like, ah, that's a warning, right? So when you start to feel negative emotion or stress or disappointment or shame or worry or self-doubt or guilt, that's your hand on a hot stove. You wouldn't want to leave your hand on a hot stove. You would want to remove it. Then your sage muscle is the muscle that, you know, is more on the right side of your brain. And it's where you operate and you handle life's challenges through empathy, through gratitude, 
through curiosity, creativity, self-confidence, and in a calm, clear-headed, focused way. And then you have the self-command muscle, which is your ability to self-command your brain to go from saboteur to sage. You're starting to run your brain instead of your brain running you. In this way, with mental fitness, you're using both sides of your brain and you're handling that stress so much better. You can just imagine an office with all these saboteurs running around. You know, somebody might be a hyperachiever like me. Somebody else could be a controller trying to control everything. Somebody else is a stickler, you know, making sure everything's perfect. Somebody else might be an avoider, avoiding situations. Somebody else is like a, a people pleaser. There's victim. So just imagine all these saboteurs running around and the main orchestrator of all these saboteurs is the judge. Everybody has a judge. And we all know about our inner critic. That's like the judge that judges ourselves. And we all know, we, even though we don't always admit it, we have pretty tough inner critics. We do. We do. Yeah. But the judge also judges other people. And the judge judges circumstances or situations as either good or bad. And it's a lot of it's based on how we, you know, how we grew up, you know, our teachers, our parents, all the, the lens that we look through life. And sometimes we start to think well, we can't change that. That's just the way I am. But it's really not true. You can change it. And if someone who's a, a, such a strong hyperachiever like me can, can change and I'll just give you a few examples of how it's changed my life. I retired because I wanted to spend more. One of the reasons is I wanted to spend more time with my parents. And so I live near them and I can go over and my dad likes to talk a lot. So a lot of times in the past, I would get really stressed when he was talking. I would try to hide it, but I get fidgety because I'm restless and I'm thinking I'm not in the present moment. I would be thinking about something that was stressing me out or something that I had to do you know, I wasn't in the moment, I wasn't enjoying my father. And that's kind of how I lived my life, always like stressed about thinking about something. And even at a meeting at Navair, I might be, you know, you see people come in and they're thinking about the last meeting and they're stressed. How do you become more in the moment? So the other day, these are, I'm just noticing what I'm noticing. I'm noticing changes. Like the other day I went to the grocery store, had all these groceries that needed to get in the fridge in my car. I went in to drop something off at my parents. And my dad has started playing the piano. So he wanted to play the piano for me. So we went downstairs to the basement where the piano is and he played. And I wasn't thinking about the groceries in the car. I wasn't thinking about work I had to do later. I was enjoying him playing the piano. I wasn't restless and trying to hide it. And I asked him to play like three or four more songs. And that happened naturally. That's, That's awesome. a huge change. Absolutely. So imagine like at Navair, you're, you're in one meeting, you're rushing to the next. What you could do in between is just take a little bit of time to do a, a PQ rep, which is this exercise that boosts your mental fitness. And it will have a significant impact on how that meeting is run, how other people feel, how your energy is at that meeting, how your team responds to you how you handle tough situations. You know, Shirzad gives an example in a book, in his book where a company lost their biggest customer and that's bad, right? Everyone's judging. That's bad. It's terrible. We've lost our biggest customer. Right. He was coaching the CEO. How can you turn this into a gift or an opportunity? 
for a while, everyone thought he was crazy. No one can find a gift or an opportunity in that, but they did. They looked at how can we be at the top of our game again in three years? And they looked at what that taught them about why did they lose their biggest customer? What was the matter with the quality of the, you know, so they, they just completely had a different attitude about it and they got their company back up and running. And, you know, that, those kinds of quote unquote bad things happen all the time at Navair, right? The contractor's running late, the product's delivered late, this happens, that happens. How can you turn that into a gift or an opportunity? How can we pull our team together and handle this differently and handle it in a way that when people are at home, they're not waking up in the middle of the night stressed about work. They're not taking it out on their kids. They're not taking it out on their spouse. They're able to command their brain to be in more of a sage mode. Well, and I think you hit an extremely important point. It just always feels like there's never enough hours in the day. And it doesn't, it doesn't matter what you're dealing with, whether it's work or parenting or just daily life. And I love what you were talking about earlier with the self-awareness. Mm-hmm. How do we step back? How do we pause from those meetings after meetings, take a breath and become more self-aware of who we are and, and possibly our self-saboteurs? Well, it takes... First off, it takes wanting to do that. It takes some some willpower and some wanting to do that. But once you start to do it, so I have an assessment on my website where you can learn what your top saboteurs are. And then I have an assessment also, and they only take a few minutes that will tell you what percent of the time your brain is hijacked by your saboteurs versus you're in your sage mode. And 80% of the population is most of the time hijacked by their saboteurs. They're not in SAGE. I can believe that. If you're stressed all the time, all those emotions are caused by your saboteurs. So do you want to make a change? Like I've talked to some people who complain a lot, but when it comes down to it, they don't want to make a change. So you can't force somebody to make a change. I learned that when I was dealing with my son, who's um, an alcoholic. And um, now he's almost five years sober, but we went through some really tough times. I couldn't get him sober. He had to want to get sober. So you're not gonna be able to get somebody else to change. In fact, if you take this coaching program, focus on yourself. And one of my coaches told me, whenever you're pointing your finger at somebody else, you have three fingers pointing back at you. And so we all need to focus more on ourselves and not blaming the boss or this situation or that situation. Let's stop being controlled by situations and start taking control back of our brain back and be more in sage. So the first step is wanting to make a change. And the second step is, I would say taking these assessments and learning more about yourself. And then the third step is reading the book by Shazad Shamin. But we all know, I mean, I went to a ton of training at Navair. You, we all know that you can go to this training and you can come back all motivated, but then you fall back into your old habits. You can go to a gym and work with a coach to lift weights and then figure like, I've got it. And then if you don't keep lifting the weights, you're not going to get stronger, right? So if you don't incorporate this into your day-to-day routine, your mental fitness isn't going to get stronger. So you have to be disciplined enough to do it. But once you start doing it and you see the change it's making in your life, you're not going to want to give it up. Life happens in the present moment. And we 
sometimes wait for circumstances to change before we're going to make a change or for circumstances to change before we can be happy. But, you know, the other thing I've learned since I retired, I've done a ton of work on myself. The happiness comes from within. It doesn't come from the next promotion. It doesn't come from buying a new purse or buying a new car or buying a material thing. The answer to all your stress, all your questions, all what you're worried about is inside you. You just have to make the time to pull it out. And I can also tell you that it's very hard to do by yourself. You can have knowledge, like, you know, you go to these training courses, you come back with all this knowledge. How much do you implement? You can read about lifting weights. You can read all about it. But if you don't do the lifting of the weights, your arms aren't going to get stronger. Your legs aren't going to get stronger. And if you don't keep it up, your muscles are going to become weak again. So this mental fitness is a practice too. And it's not sometimes we can't because we can't see it. Like we can't see our huge muscle, but you can see it in other ways. You can see it in the energy that you exude and the people around you. You can see it in how you are more in flow every day. Like I get as much done in the day, but I'm, it's, I'm not motivated by stress. I'm not motivated by pushing myself. I'm more in flow. I can also relax without feeling guilty. Now I'm not saying my hyperachiever won't tell me, Emily, you got to go do this. I'm like, that's a lie. I don't have to do it right now. I'm going to be good to myself. So, and this can actually, you know, this coaching program is really good for like families to go through because even kids as young as five can get this. They can learn about how to do these PQ reps, how to take a breath and how to handle stress. You know, when I was growing up, it's like go in timeout. Okay. You go in timeout and what are you doing? Your judge gets all like crazy. You're thinking about all these bad things in timeout. We didn't really learn how to calm ourselves. At least I didn't. And how to go to the compassionate side of myself, you know, when I was in timeout. Timeout should be to take a break and to learn how to intercept that saboteur and to switch to sage. In our house with our kids, we call it a reset. We say, yeah, we say, go take a breath upstairs, reset your mind and come back downstairs and see how we could handle this a bit better. It's, it's, and it's amazing. It's, did you get that, that we just give them like a five minute break and they are like new children when they come back. Yeah, that's awesome. You mentioned strengthening your mental fitness and you've given us so much awesome information on, on, on how to do that, but what are the real benefits to good mental fitness? Benefits are, you know, you can reach your peak performance better through, you reach your peak performance, you know, and not through pushing, but through being more in flow. Your relationships improve because you're changing the way your energy and the way other people react to you will change as well. You'll definitely see your relationships improve and you'll be able to handle life's challenges without waking up in the middle of the night being all stressed. So you're able to stick to your habits, you know, the good habits more too. You're able to just completely change your, your, your life. Speaking of handling challenges, how can mental fitness help us manage the changes that we're dealing with and and really more importantly, manage our response to change? There's always going to be challenges, but we can think differently about those challenges. We can look at them from a different perspective. Like what is 
instead of just saying something's bad, this is bad, what good could come from it? We can change the way we look at things and mental fitness, practicing mental fitness can definitely help us with that. We have to just take a step back and see if we can look at life differently because what we see as truth isn't always truth. It's changing that attitude. I love that. Mm -hmm. What is the best way? Where do we start to build up and boost our mental fitness? So the first thing to start with is awareness, just being aware. Like some people might say, well, I'm positive. A lot of the time I'm fine. I'm, I think positively about things, something negative can happen. And I think positively, it's not really necessarily what you're thinking positively. It's like, how does your body feel? Do you have these negative emotions? Are you thinking positively, but feeling stress? So the first step is just awareness. And I'd say, take those, take those assessments and read Shirzad's book and then decide what you want to do next. Work with a coach, work on your own, whatever you think's best for you. I can't tell, you know, every listener what's best for them, but what worked for me was definitely working with coaches and being open to accepting that my view of things isn't the only view. And of course, if anybody wants more information, they can go to your website. But I also, before we wrap today, I want you to tell us a little bit about your podcast, the Onward Podcast. Okay, awesome. Yeah, the Onward Podcast is all, I started publishing that right after I retired. And I interviewed different people about how they face adversity in their lives and how they move forward. And then I've changed it too, because I've realized that as we face adversity and move forward, we discover more about who we are along the way. I've interviewed so many different people about how they overcame adversity in their lives, all different kinds of adversity. I've interviewed people, moms who have lost children to drug overdose, which has been pretty challenging. I've interviewed a a retired senior executive who dealt with depression and how he handled depression. And I've interviewed people on just running a business, how challenging that is. And so In all of these, now that I've done the mental fitness coaching program, in all of these, I can see, you know, how are, how some of these um, people have, you know, addressed their saboteurs, overcome their saboteurs when they're dealing with these challenging times as well. So you can get to my podcast from my website, which is just Emily Harmon, H-A-R-M-A-N.com. Emily, we appreciate you being here for joining us today and for teaching us all how to increase our mental fitness to better handle change, achieve peak performance, and be happy. So for more amazing conversations with Emily, remember to check out the Onward podcast or go to her website at emilyharmon.com. And you can also find more mental health tips by listening to our previous episodes of Airwaves on all your favorite listening apps. And that's it for this edition of Airwaves. Thanks for listening.